There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look Then you will see On WCN-TV that time he was a state circuit court judge but he was later elected as chief justice of the alabama supreme court and then in 2001 he had a 5,000 pound granite monument of the ten commandments uh, placed in the rotunda of the alabama supreme court at no cost to taxpayers i think we have a photo of that if we can show that um I don't have a monitor here, so you'll have to tell me if that's up or not. For some reason, there's no monitor for me. Anyway, it wasn't long before the ACLU came along, and uh, along with uh, Americans United for Separation of Church and State, and of course the Southern Poverty Law Center filed another lawsuit demanding that the granite monument be removed. A U.S. District Court judge ordered him to remove the monument, but Judge Roy refused, saying that to do so would violate his oath of office because he'd vowed to uphold the law, and the foundation of that is the Ten Commandments. Then the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ordered the monument removed with fines of $5,000 a day if it wasn't out by the date the court ordered, and double that amount each day after it wasn't gone in a week. Judge Roy appealed the decision and asked the U.S. Supreme Court to hear the case, but they refused. And on November 13th, 2013, uh, 2003, I'm sorry, the court of the judiciary removed Judge Roy from office for defying the federal court's order. Uh, We have a photo of that. Sad day. And I remember that well. The monument was removed the next day. Judge Roy then went on to form the Foundation for Moral Law, headquartered in a historic building in downtown Montgomery. That is where the monument stands today. And it was my great pleasure to meet this courageous, godly leader last year and see the famous monument there in person for myself. So... Anyway, Judge Roy was again elected as the Alabama State Supreme Court Chief Justice in 2012. And throughout his career, he's been a true advocate for godly wisdom, truth, and real justice. So Judge Roy, I hope I got most of that right. Welcome back to WCN-TV. I know it's been a while. How, How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Bob. Thank you very much. Nice to be with you. Yeah, you too. You too. Good to see you. So I know you've been pretty busy these days. You've been back in the news again with some good news for once. (laughs) So I I wonder if you'd like to tell us a a little bit about the background and and what led up to your latest uh, legal victory. Well, I've been fighting in court for a number of years since the 2017 election. And uh, basically, we tried one case through to the restreamer here. Pardon? Uh, what was that, Jonathan? We're good. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, Rob. Sorry, technical things, you know. Oh. Yeah, go go ahead, uh, Judge Roy. Well, I've been fighting in courts for a number of years, Rob, and uh, we recently had a very successful case against one of the largest super PACs in Washington, the Senate Majority PAC. 
represents the Democratic senators, and uh, we won a great verdict, and uh, it was hands down, and we showed that they were definitely guilty of defamation, and that case is still going on in court because they're appealing it, uh, basically, and asking for a new trial and so forth. So we're still fighting the case, but basically we had the jury rule unanimously for us. Unanimous uh, decision. Oh, yes. And, uh, so I was going to ask you for a loan, but I uh, it may, might be some time before you see any of that money. It's going to be a long time. They, they <laughs> really don't want to give me any money, and they keep it in court as long as they can, but we're not going to quit. And uh, we think that, uh, you know, this is a great victory for people because, quite frankly, Rob, uh, people can't really do what I've done successfully because they just don't have money and they, they will tax them with legal fees and it's just it's unbearable yeah yeah so what was the background on that case just so our viewers have an idea well, what basically, we're talking about Senate majority pack is uh, what they call a super pack and a few years ago the uh, courts in our land made a, a real mess I think of allowing individuals to contribute whatever amount of money they want to a super PAC uh, to get senators elected and other people elected. And basically when you run a Senate campaign as I did, you could only get so much from, from each individual. And that's very unfair monetarily and most people suffer for that because these super PACs can run very nasty ads, and they did in my case. And they ran an ad which uh, aired in Alabama for the last two weeks of the election and basically changed a lot of votes. Um, and it was completely false. It was completely malicious. Uh, said that I was banned from a mall for soliciting sex from young girls. And that was completely untrue. I've never been banned from anywhere. And if I had been banned, I, I was a deputy district attorney. I wouldn't have had a job, but they got away with it, at least until we sued them and took them into federal court. And the judge in the jury, uh, basically the jury, uh, ruled unanimously in an hour and a half in uh, a complete victory over the Senate majority pack. Of course, we're still fighting, as I said. Uh, they basically vowed I'd never get any money and never get this through the courts but we'll we'll follow this all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary you you are tenacious and um I know that was a that was a five-year battle for you it was Rob. So, yeah so I actually am uh part of a, a class action lawsuit uh, I guess um for some software that I that I bought and so in in about five years i'll, I'll get 23 cents so that, <laughs> that's good <laughs> actually rob before that i spent four and a half years uh being sued for defamation myself by one of the parties that had uh, brought out these false uh accusations against me and we went through a four and a half year battle in state court and uh we won that too because they returned a verdict uh, that I was not guilty of any defamation. So we basically won two verdicts, uh, but it's taken a lot of money and it's taken a lot of time. And uh, most people can't do that, but I'm, you know, convicted that that's what I've got to do because, you know, people that go through these Senate races and they want to stand against the establishment in Washington, you really don't have a chance. Um, whether it's Republican or Democrat, they, they seem to gang up on you uh, if you want to do anything different than what the establishment wants. And uh, I was target for them. And I went through a false flag operation long before President Trump did. And uh, it's just not very uh, comfortable to go through. Yeah, yeah. Well, they seem to do that to uh, all the good guys, don't they? Well, um, un unfortunately, um, you know, Sheriff Joel Arpaio in uh, Arizona, uh, 90 years old, and he was running for uh, mayor of uh, Fountain Hills. And um, 
uh, once again, the attack ads hit, you know, uh, a week or so before the election and, and he lost by, I think, 600 votes. But, um, and I uh, got to give him credit though, 90 years old and he's, he's still, uh, still fighting. So I know, I know the sheriff I had conversations with him. I actually attended an event that he came to Alabama, uh, several years ago and he's a fine man. I really appreciated getting to know him and, and respect him for what he tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I need to get in touch with him because I, he had, he's, uh, get him back on the show here. We spoke in, uh, oh my goodness, it must have been early July, right before the election uh, out there, uh, about a month before the election. So, so um, what are some of the other, uh, uh, I know uh, Caleb gave me uh, a list of uh, several different um, uh, uh, victories that you've had in court recently. Well, and I didn't have a chance to research those. So if you could tell us about those, that'd be great. Well, besides my personal uh, battles in court to regain my reputation and my integrity, uh, I also worked for the Foundation for Moral Law in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, which we started basically after the Ten Commandments was uh, removed. And basically, we represent religious liberty cases. We're a small organization, and uh, we can't do everything, but we did get involved in a case out of Louisiana uh, after the COVID uh, rules and regulations that they brought into in closing churches. And basically, we took a case uh, called Spell versus uh, the Edwards, which was the governor of Louisiana. We've Pastor, been in there. Pastor Tony Spell. Yeah. Tony Spell. And he is a marvelous man, uh, somebody that I connected with. And I told him that we would take the case, but we would fight it on a jurisdictional basis. And most of the cases that come out of that COVID era have not been fought on a jurisdictional basis. And we are doing that. And we're probably the last case that might have an opportunity to clarify the law that government just has no power to close churches. You mentioned earlier that I was sued, and I was, by Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Well, you know, separating church and state is an old, old um, thing that, that we've been through for centuries in this country for 200 years. And, you know, separation of church and state is, in its rightful understanding, a true concept that the government has no right to interfere with the church. You can't separate God and state. That's impossible. Without the First Amendment, uh, there would be no uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Uh, we have those things because we have a God that gives us those things, um, recognizing the Declaration of Independence. So basically, when the COVID restrictions came into being, uh, churches were closed all across the state and they went up to the Supreme Court and other courts on uh, temporary injunctions, but not on the true jurisdictional basis of separation of church and state. Um, even the United States Supreme Court once recognized the true distinction of what properly belongs to the church and what properly belongs to the state in um, a case called uh, U.S. versus Reynolds in 1878, that to suffer or allow the civil magistrate to intrude his powers in the field of opinion and restrain the profession or propagation of principles on supposition of the real tendency is a dangerous fallacy, which once destroys our religious liberty. And then they went on to say this. They said uh, that it is time enough for the rightful purposes of civil government for its officers to interfere when principles break out into overt acts against peace and good order, in these two sentences lies the true distinction of what properly belongs to the church and what to the state. And basically what they were saying there is that unless the, the church gets together and plots to overthrow the government or cause serious problems to the uh, civil society, uh, the government has no authority to close a church. And we're going to take this all the way up to the United States Supreme Court because the First Amendment hasn't changed and neither is the establishment clause to the first amendment and we're going to 
you know, ensure that the governors of these states, that uh, many states that have closed churches simply don't have the authority. Now, not that's not to say that the church can't close its doors. They can close their doors, but the government can't tell them when and where and how to worship. And that's the true separation of church and state. Well, like you said, it really does come down to money, doesn't it? You know, the, the little guy just, uh, we don't have equal justice for all, do we, in this country? No, we don't. And and that's what we stand for at the foundation. Uh, we, we have other cases. Uh, I have one criminal defendant that I, I've represented that uh, has been incarcerated for close to 10 years. It's going on 10 years. And... Uh, the most he could be convicted for was a misdemeanor. And yet uh, the state seems to just turn its head when you have poor people. So we we don't charge people from the foundation moral law that we represent. Um, but we can't represent everybody, of course, because we're small. But yeah. we, we do represent that. We did represent this pastor. And interestingly enough, this pastor suffered at the hands of a, a governor who completely ignored the church, tried to coerce him to not preach. Uh, they actually charged him with a felony, which has now been removed, uh, and six summons, which uh, would mount to several years in prison, which has now been overturned by the Louisiana Supreme Court. Uh, and, and other things, they actually put him in ankle bracelets to keep him in his house so he wouldn't preach. But this pastor was very... Um, stalwart he, he was very honorable and courageous and he continued to preach and went to jail and was confined to his home for some time uh but he never gave up preaching and for that uh i appreciate him as a client and we're going to see this case through well good good for you you know uh here in wisconsin of course we have the freedom from religion foundation and um uh several years ago i don't know how long it was um they were looking to expand their their building and um they were actually looking to uh purchase uh a church to turn it into their freedom from religion foundation <laughs> uh headquarters uh they couldn't do that so they actually uh went up they they added i think uh, three stories to the building and the the top three stories contain nothing but lawyers and oh, yeah. that's really what they're all about is um they they hunt down and seek out uh christians and and christian organizations to persecute and uh it's all about the the lawyers it's all about the money well it's it is a very false uh way of attacking it and they we've run into this organization many times and most yeah. of the time they're just vague threat they make threats on people and they don't follow through they don't know the first amendment and they don't follow through so they get by with what they do just by threats and people will sometimes give in to those things and you know religious people should understand people that They've served God for centuries and suffered death rather than subordinate their allegiance to God to the authority of the state. And that's a, a quote from uh, uh, one of the, William O. Douglas, uh, one of his cases, uh, you know, back in 19, I think it was 42 or 41, maybe. But we got, you know, we have to stand for our faith. And if we don't, they're going to take it away from us. And if you research the the attendance of churches after COVID, they lost attendance when they stopped uh, churches from assembling. And if they can do it then, if they, they make a precedent, uh, then, then it's going to be done again, and they're going to use it over and over. So we're trying to stop that in this case. We're trying to go back to the true principles of the establishment clause. Uh, James Madison, the father of the Constitution, uh, said in his memorial remonstrance, he said, the freemen of America did not wait to usurp power, had strengthened itself by exercise and entangled the question in precedence. They saw all the consequences in the principle and they avoided the consequences by denying the principle. And he said, we revere this lesson too much soon to forget it. I think we've forgotten it in our country today. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, things are things are a mess in the country for the last they couple are. of years, and um, I'm wondering what you think are uh, what 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 are what are the top issues for you as you see the country facing that we need to deal with right now before it's too late. Well, you've had, you asked me that before, and, and uh, I've thought a lot about it. There's so many things. We've got border security problems. We've got uh, political problems in Washington. We've got judges who seem to think they're gods and, and running rampant over the laws. Uh, we've got a lot of problems, but you know, it goes back to, to the, the fact that we've lost our sense of right and wrong. And people, and I say this because I know it's very um, some people don't understand it, but you know, the acknowledgement of God needs to be returned to this country. We shouldn't be prohibited from acknowledging God under the first amendment. And indeed, uh, God is the author of our freedom of religion. And they, the separation of church and state, the ACLU and these other organizations, freedom from religion organizations have confused God and religion. God is not religion. It never was, according to the founding fathers. Religion Amen. was the duties we owed to God and the manner of discharging it. And that comes directly from the Ten Commandments. If you actually researched it, you'd find that in Webster's Dictionary in 1828. Uh, how we've, we've given up the fact um, that God is not religion. Uh, I don't I don't understand it. And, you know, that's what I've done a lot of research in. There we go. In fact, <clears throat> but Rob, let me tell you one more thing. In 1954, they put under God in the Pledge of Allegiance. And in that case or in that uh, legislation, the United States Congress said uh, that it is important to note that God is not religion. Uh, the, the putting of this under God in the pledge did not in any way violate the Establishment Clause. Uh, right in the legislation, they said that. We, we've, we've forgotten it, and uh, we need to go back to acknowledgement of God. Uh, he is the basis of right and wrong, the basis of truth. When we have so many problems in our country, I know your, your state, like my state, like all all the states, how many school shootings and how many um, senseless murders and uh, different things are occurring in our country today because people go out and they're taught, kids are taught that there's no God and they don't let God in our schools and then wonder why our schools are going to pieces like they are. We've got to get back to the fact that recognizing God isn't a violation of peace and security. It's the basis on, upon which peace and security rest. And we've got to go back. You teach kids it's all about power. What do you expect they're going to do? When they, they can't get their way, they, they go into schools and shoot people. And we're seeing that all across the country. Um, Mall shootings, shootings at stores, shootings, you know, it's, it's just out of hand. Yeah. So um, we are today a week away from the election. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, when you, you talk about elections, you talk about politics. And perhaps there's no better example of how we've lost our, our way than talk about politics. You know, George Washington in his farewell address addressed this. He called it the spirit, the baneful effects of the spirit of party. He said it was like a fire which would, instead of warming you, would consume you. And I think we've been consumed by our party rivalry. Uh, nobody in Washington, and that's exactly what I opposed when I ran in 2017, was out to do the right thing. They do the whatever keeps them where they are. And I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've gotten politicians. That's one thing I'll say about President Trump. He was not a politician. And that's a good thing. And uh, I don't consider myself a politician. But, you know, politicians get to Washington, and the first thing they want to do is stay in Washington. 
and they and do beat <laughs> off the system. I, I mean, you know, yeah. it's 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 not about principle; it's about power. And when it's about power, you're going to suffer for it. And I think we're suffering tremendously in our country because of the rivalry, the spirit of party. Uh, and, and basically, if you get to Washington, they're doing the same thing a lot in both parties. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I uh, I agree with you that uh, Democrats and Republicans are are equally to blame. Um, but there certainly is one of those parties that is uh, de basically declare themselves to be anti-Christ. Yeah. So, um, uh, unfortunately, the other party isn't isn't a whole lot better. Um, no, they're both doing the same thing. And I, you know, of course, I know what you're talking about, Democrat and Republican, and I, I don't hesitate to speak about that. I ran in the Republican Party. I believe the principles of the Republican Party. But there's so many Republican Party that are out there not to do the principles of the party, but just to fight the Democrats. And when they end up fighting the Democrats, they end up joining with them to keep out the conservatives. And that's a problem. It's a problem in Washington. It's a problem that we're going through now. Elections, I, I can't trust elections anymore. When yeah. you can start saying they mail in ballots and they can uh, go vote without identification, uh, you've ruined your election system already. It's just a matter of how much, you know, you trust your election system. I do not uh, trust the election system anymore. Um, too many states have gone to where they're just sending in ballots from drop boxes. And uh, I've seen that. I've seen it in our state. And, yeah. uh, you know, I just uh, I hate to be discouraging. I know without going to vote, I had a... Uh, uh, stepfather that never missed an election, never missed voting in an election. Uh, he's an old World War II vet. Uh, he's gone now. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people like that. Now, I appreciate them because they believe in the system. But I think the system has failed us. The system is definitely broken and uh, broken right. on purpose, I'm afraid, just like the uh, just like our southern border is broken on purpose. Well, people are fooled too much, Rob, of the fact that they can be bought. Right now, the government is spinning us into a hole. Uh, since President Biden took over, we've gone trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. And they wonder about why are we suffering inflation? We're going to suffer inflation because that's the natural result of spending money you don't have. And people are, are fooled by the fact that they're being bought. They're giving our money away. Uh, our state recently had an overage of money and didn't know what to do with it. I mean, it's like the federal government is buying votes. That's what it's about. And we are falling for it. You know, there was a Democratic president one time that said, ask not what you, your country can do for you, but for, ask what you can do for your country. And you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. that, that attitude isn't around here anymore. It's, you know, we'll buy your vote. If you're young, if you're a minority, if you're this, or if you're that, or whatever, aged, whatever, it doesn't matter. Well, you know, they're, they're, they're ushering in socialism and they're teaching yeah. socialism in the schools and raising up, you know, uh, young little communists um, from kindergarten on up through college. Uh, college campuses are probably the worst, but that's kind of where they finish them off. But but it starts early for the oh, kids, yeah. and uh, and there's an entitlement mentality out there. And young so, people think, and young people think that this is a good thing. That yeah. if we can have government take care of us, we'll all be happier. But that never works. It hasn't worked in in countries that have tried it. It didn't work in our country way back in Jamestown when they tried it. Uh, it's not it's not what government can do for you. And you don't pool all resources and give it to government and think it's going to take care of you. And that's the, the faulty thinking of people that are attracted to socialism. They think it's all fair because they're going to treat everybody fair, but that's not the way it is. Uh, the leaders always come out ahead. Yep, yep. 
Anyone in our audience have any questions for Judge uh, Judge Roy before we take a break here? Sure, I do. Okay, Ray. Yeah. Uh, hi, Judge Roy Moore. Uh, I'm very frustrated with um, everything. I just want to name three things that I recently were involved in. I was down there for Tony Spell uh, with you when you were out there. They're trying to put him in jail. Yeah. And uh, okay, it's like lawfare. They 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 just bring us to court. They drain our pocketbooks. They don't care what the end result is. The the punishment is what they're doing to you to get you to that point. I was there January 6th. There's January 6ers that are locked up in jail for no reason at all. I was there for your campaign when you ran for senator. I was there in that same room watching that board. You were up 5%, 7%, 8%. Then all of a sudden, everything stops about 10 o'clock at night. And then, if I recall, 17,000 votes that were, were straight ticket Republican said for some reason they switched your seat uh, to Democrat. Yes. I mean, this we're up against this stuff. It, this election coming up right now, this, the, they still have all of these uh, fixed uh, domino machines in place. Uh, you know, this side of Jesus Christ returning, I don't, I don't see anything uh, that's that's working on our behalf. Do you? Well, it's 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 the same old thing. If you you've taught your children, there's no difference between right and wrong. Then the politicians will eventually be those children. And those children don't regard what's right and wrong. And the election system is a battle between, you know, how many votes they can steal, how many ugly advertisements they can put out. Yeah, I never ran an advertisement criticizing my opponent. I it just it's just not what I, I consider proper to do. Uh, but boy, they they will run both Democrats and Republicans ran ads against me. Uh, Republicans in the primary, uh, Republican primary, and when I beat that candidate, uh, then the Republicans behind the scenes went to the Democrats. And you're right, the last 20 minutes of that campaign, they had uh, 20,000. It was closer to 20,000 votes changed. And it was simply, everybody, everybody recognized it was wrong, it was fraudulent. I had experts, uh, we filed a, a fraudulent law, lawsuit election. And by the way, I, in that election, I filed an affidavit that I'd taken a polygraph test and passed it. And these women that had accused me, I didn't even know. And this, this is something you, you say it on television and they, they'll cut it. They won't show that. They, they don't care if you've taken polygraphs or if you, you know, try to defend yourself, they will not announce that on television. And that's what I've been running into. But we did get uh, to talk to a, a jury and we did question the witnesses and, and so forth. And we made, you know, showed what the SMP, Senate Majority Pack, had done to us and how wrong it was. And we won a great verdict. It, when we stood up against that, that super PAC, they would call themselves, they have millions and they've even bragged in court filing since how many millions they spend each, each year. And they think that's good. I hope it doesn't impress the judge and he's sitting on the case right now. I think we've got an honest judge for change. And, um, uh, I, politicians and courts and everything have become corrupt. And that's what we've got in Washington right now. That's the reason we're suffering from the problems we have. Uh, well, I would still encourage people to vote on Tuesday. Yes. And um, I don't want to discourage people from doing that. Um, no. But like uh, you, I, I have my doubts. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Uh, just sure. a heads up, Jonathan, we're not going to have time for the um, the commercial break. So we will uh, go past that. Um, if you'll bear with me here, I'd like to go on a little rant. Um, Ray mentioned uh, he was there in, in D.C. Yeah. on January 6th. Oh, yeah. You know, our, 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 our justice system in America seems to be badly broken. In it's 2020, we saw Antifa and BLM 
riot, burn, destroy, and kill all across America with virtually no repercussions. But a year later, following an obviously fraudulent election, millions of American patriots gathered at the U.S. Capitol to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That was January 6th. Since then, more than 900 peaceful patriotic Americans have been arrested, jailed, and tried for taking part in what the Biden regime calls an insurrection. Ordinary Americans, your typical moms and dads, have now been labeled as domestic terrorists for opposing the regime. This is what happens in third world countries, folks. This, this, this is not the America we grew up in. Our good friend, Pastor Bill Dunphy from Ohio, was recently arrested by the FBI for a sermon he gave in his church following that stolen election and for simply being present in Washington on January 6th. Meanwhile, 11 pro-life activists, many of them also friends of mine, including an 87-year-old Holocaust survivor, were also arrested recently for their attempt to rescue unborn babies at an abortion center last March. These folks were simply gathering at the abortion center peacefully, singing hymns, and for that, they've now been indicted and face up to 11 years in prison and fines of $250,000. Beginning back to January 6th, the truth of that has been well hidden by the mainstream media. Sadly, the J6 political prisoners have largely been forgotten. So I would like to take just five minutes here and show a short video clip. Um, on this, and then uh, get your take on it, Judge Roy. I'm, I'm going to mute while we watch just the first five minutes or so of this. The ceremony in honor of the politically persecuted. With allegiance to God and the tenets of liberty, Millions have stood up for our sacred values and done so with valor throughout our history. At times facing tyranny perpetrated by those who abandoned freedom, whether here in our nation or serving abroad. Recently, brave souls have been standing their ground concerning election integrity, unlawful medical mandates, protection of our innocent young, our elders and vulnerable. They have been taking responsibility in matters of our border, legal citizenship, and public education without indoctrination. They have been standing for a clean environment for safe and abundant energy, water, and food production, while supporting our workers, farmers, and truckers. They have labored to preserve our Constitution, including our Second Amendment rights freedom of speech, as well as all traditions which teach and sustain liberty. They have appealed to their elected officials in meetings and events with the redress of grievances once considered the duty of every citizen in attending to the preservation of constitutional freedom. These bold efforts throughout our history have customarily been documented as acts of devotion to God and freedom. Yet we have a new crisis developing. Today, instead of being understood and met with respect, what many are discovering is that corruption is now being protected by a compromised press and even by some institutions and public officials as well. In the process, efforts to preserve our constitutional liberties are now being branded as crimes by some who see our constitution, military laws and principles as outdated. What much of the public has not yet been told is that in a gross overreach on the part of certain institutions, corporations, or facets of government, hundreds of our good citizens are being expelled from their careers, disenfranchised from their communities, and even ostracized by families and friends. Hundreds upon hundreds of others are being persecuted in dramatic public fashion, even handcuffed and dragged from their homes in front of their families and neighbors, shunned and treated as guilty even before having the opportunity to prove their innocence. As a result, many have suffered loss of residence, job, separation from their loved ones, 
and too many have come to know the searing sadness and loneliness that follows abandonment by the very people and nation that many defendants at one time had sworn to protect. A good number of our politically persecuted are veterans, first responders, or other public servants. These defendants and their families indeed face a level of daily stress, anxiety, and suffering that is unimaginable. As for their legal rights to due process and a speedy trial, in the case of those arrested, we are learning that their constitutional rights have been too often usurped in favor of a crippled, slow-walked, and prohibitively costly pseudo-process proceeded by the impossible limitations of house arrest, restrictive probations, or worse yet, incarceration and solitary confinement while awaiting their day in court, suffering deplorable conditions only seen before in foreign POW camps during our world wars, the silence surrounding this miscarriage of justice and unlawful torment of our citizens is deafening. Yet, as these who have endured much wait and pray for justice, trying to hold on to hope, a growing number of people are waking up and stepping up to offer support of all kinds, such as contacting their public officials, writing letters to inmates and families affected by political persecution. They are sending care packages to families as well as to those who have no access to clean food or water while incarcerated. Other volunteers are alerting the public through community outreach and education, as well as raising funds for proper legal help, since many public defenders are politically active and operating in name only. This rising number of active citizens are resolute and will not rest or be silenced until all our politically persecuted have been restored or until they have been set free. And unto that glorious day, we the people will be their voice. We the people will be their friend. And we the people will remain their spiritual companion as we work and pray together on their behalf. Okay, we, we can cut it there, Jonathan. So yes, um, you know, I've, I've heard from uh, reporters that have visited some of the J6 prisoners and have reported back that the conditions that they're uh, still sitting in are beyond anything that they've ever seen before it's um it's worse than uh, you know a, a pow camp and uh and yet they all they did in most cases was was show up at the capitol um there was no insurrection um you can't have an armed insurrection if you're not armed they were armed with flags and banners and and trump signs <laughs> And for that, they're sitting in jail. Um, by the way, you can watch uh, the, this whole video. We just showed a, a portion of it and get a lot more information on the J6 prisoners. And the truth of what really took place on that day at j6truth.org. That's uh, the letter J, the number six, the word truth.org. Um, a lot of great information there and i encourage you to to take a look and and uh watch it and share it so judge roy what what are your thoughts well you know we're all concerned about where we're going in this country and politics is the driving force and it's no accident in my opinion that all this stuff about the riots and this is coming up now before the election um i think it's it's part of plan um it's a shame that you know the first amendment guarantees us the right to assemble a petition to govern to redress video and uh it seems like we're being suffering for that so I yeah like, um, people are being punished just for uh just for uh, being there yeah so but, you know, you meanwhile, know, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, 
Meanwhile, I just saw a news story uh, last week, a, um, a black lady, and I only say that because there is a, a, a racial bias in this country, but a black lady was um, arrested after there was irrefutable proof that she had murdered her landlord. The landlord came to evict her for not paying her rent for over a year. This this person uh, dismembered the landlady, mm. put her in her freezer, and um, she was taken to jail and released on zero cash bond, uh, no bond at all, just set free, um, given a trial date and and uh, and and set free. So there is a double standard. That, uh, by the way, I believe happened in, happened in Chicago. So, many of these cities uh, become battlegrounds now. I mean, it's uh, and people, you know, people have problem. I, I see in in our state, Birmingham, uh, every morning you get up and there's been numerous murders. Uh, that's never used to happen. And unless we get back to an understanding that that uh, without God, we're not going to understand right and wrong. And the people that grow up and become judges and become lawyers and become politicians, become governors. And if they don't understand right and wrong, then you get tyranny. You know, somebody once asked me what the difference between usurpation and tyranny was. Usurpation is the taking of a right to which another has a right to. In other words, if somebody else has got a right and you take it away, that's you're usurping their rights. But tyranny is the taking of a right which no man has a right to. And those are rights given by God. And when we see government start taking those rights, then it becomes tyrannical. And that's the difference. But the you know, you often hear somebody accusing people of tyranny. Uh, well, if you do something that another branch of government, for example, if you're in one branch of government and you take away the right of the other branch of government, that's usurpation. But if you take away a right God's given you, then that's not usurpation at all. That's tyranny. And uh, in fact, James Madison in his memorial, and I won't go into quoting that, but he talked about that. He said that uh, the preservation of a free government requires not merely that the meets and bounds which separate each partner of power may be invariably maintained, but more especially that neither of them be suffered or allowed to overleap the great barrier which defends the rights of the people. The rulers who are guilty of such an encroachment exceed the commission from which they derive their authority and are tyrants, and the people who submit to it are governed by laws made neither by themselves nor by an authority derived from them and are slaves. We're becoming slaves in this country, not in your typical understanding of slavery, but we're enslaving to, to a government that has no regard for our rights and our liberties. And our, our forefathers would have stood up. And indeed, they did stand up. They suffered for it. But if you suffer for standing up for your rights, then you're not suffering at all. You're preserving it for somebody else that comes along behind you. Yeah, unfortunately, too many of us uh, are giving those rights away. Oh, uh, right. Well, no. this is the typical, uh, Rob, what I was telling you about this, this church closing. Everybody thinks that the CDC is some arm of government, that if they open their mouth and say something bad going to happen if you don't uh, wear a mask between bites of food like they did in California, or if uh, you don't limit your congregation to 10 people and go down the street and you see hundreds flocking Walmart, Lowe's and other, these other businesses and uh, riots going on and nobody's separating six feet. Uh, you know, it's a double standard like you're talking about. Yeah. But when they do that, when they take away the knowledge of God from our schools, they take the Ten Commandments out of our courthouses. They take away prayer from uh, private gatherings and public settings. That's wrong. And you're taking away something that people don't even realize. And that's the right to acknowledge God. 
Nobody can take that right away. And that's why we're fighting this case in Louisiana with such uh, vigor. And uh, because we know that if we don't, if we lose our churches, that's where our sense of morality, you know, is shared most often. Yeah. Uh, Betty has a question from our from our audience. Thanks for being patient, Betty. Oh, no problem. Um, I was in Louisiana with Tony Spell with Coach Dave last year. That was my yeah. first big event with Coach Dave, so he's gotten me out of my shell. And yeah. thanks for all that you do. You know, because too many lukewarm churches didn't know what to do. That's right. You know, and I love Trump. And I just want your opinion. Two things is, why isn't he doing, do you think, why isn't he doing something about the January 6th prisoners? You know, he has a lot of influence and a lot of power and a lot of money. Why isn't he just trying to help out? Or do you think his uh, family's been threatened? And I also believe that, I'm sorry, I also believe that he didn't get the jab, that murderous vaccine. I think he got probably saline or something, but I don't understand why he's pushing it either. I just wanted your personal opinion. Thank you well, for what you do. We love you. Well, thank you very much. And now, you know, I, I, a lot of these people you're mentioning, Coach Dave, I know Coach Dave, I have high regard for him and the sheriff out in and that Sheriff Powell, I have a high regard for him. Uh, you know, when Trump was in office, uh, the people around him kept me away from him. Uh, I had no sense, no ability to talk to him, uh, to go to meet with him or whatever. Uh, and I think that's a lot of people that get in office in politics nowadays, they succumb to somehow something comes into them and separates them from reason that they knew before. If you understand what I'm saying, uh, they shut them off from the truth. And I don't know what president Trump is going through or what he's doing about the riots. And uh, I know he's has a lot of problems on his hands, uh, with Congress and, uh, this, this, uh, group they're trying to get into peer foreign subpoenas but you know i i trust that uh i trust that trump did what he believed and and was very successful in it and that's why a lot of people do follow him and i don't know what he's doing about his rights i can't say that so i can't really address that uh it should concern all of us that uh this stuff is going on and it, it, you can't go to a peaceful rally. Now, to go into the Capitol was wrong. Uh, you know, the people that went in shouldn't have gone in. But in my understanding, some of them were invited in. Uh, yeah, the, the, police, the police held the doors open for yeah, them and, and, and welcomed them in. Uh, you know, but so. I'm not the, here to judge that. Uh, I don't know, but I do know that there's some wrong there. Yes. Exactly. And I appreciate you speaking the truth. We're all here. Rob, he's awesome, you know, and Coach Dave. And yeah. and uh, we need people like that, but we're winning. Just like Coach Dave, my double, we're winning. They hate it, but we're winning. Yeah. Well, you know, I was in the court the other day, and, and uh, I won't say which court, but I was asked about this, this case of this church case. And I was told by the judge would, don't you know, basically you could win if you just showed that you, the church was treated differently than secular institutions, more unfairly. I said, that, that I could win, she said. I said, ma'am, that wouldn't be a win, that would be a loss. Because unless we go back to an understanding that the government can't tell you when you can hold services or how you must hold services or how you can whole church and how many can go in there, then we're neglecting the power of God. You know, one of our first justices on the Supreme Court, Justice James Wilson said, human law must rest its authority ultimately on the authority of that which is divine. Now, that's justice on the Supreme Court. William O. Douglas said basically that men who suffer death rather than subordinate their allegiance to God to the authority of the state freedom of religion guaranteeing the First Amendment is a product of that struggle. Uh, 
throughout the history, we've got plenty of examples to follow, uh, but we're not following them. We're saying, oh, well, God's religion, we've got to separate that. We don't separate that. You don't separate God from anything. We wouldn't have freedom of religion without the acknowledgement of God. We wouldn't have separation of powers. We wouldn't have all these things. You know, our Constitution was uh, brought about by the uh, convention of men that were mostly Christian, many lawyers, believe it or not. But they understood that uh, the laws of nature are the laws of God, whose authority can be superseded by no power on earth. That was George Mason, the father of our Bill of Rights. Uh, we we understand our judges used to understand that, but we've come to generations now where they've taken Ten Commandments out of schools and uh, displays of God in the court. Well, I went through it. I went through it, and the judge actually said that uh, the state may not acknowledge the sovereignty of the Judeo-Christian God and tribute to that God our religious freedom. That was in his opinion. That contradicts everything I know about uh, the First Amendment and freedom of religion. And yet he got away with it because the Supreme Court didn't take the case. And when the Supreme Court didn't take the case back in 2000, they came out with two other cases two years later, one in Texas and one in, in uh, Kentucky. In Kentucky, they took the Ten Commandments out because they said it was a new installation. But in Texas, before the Texas State House, they left the display of the Ten Commandments. They said it was on the east entrance of the Capitol, and it was one which you didn't, not many people passed. And it was historical. We don't have to acknowledge God just because historically, God is real, God is here today, and God never loses. And when someday people will have to face consequences for what they're doing. But we need to acknowledge the sovereignty of the Judeo-Christian God and attribute that God our religious freedom and recognize that without God, we have no morality. We have no sense of right and wrong. That's why we're having all the problems in schools. That's why we're having all the problems in these cities like Chicago, Birmingham, all the, all the main cities. I don't mean to interrupt yes. you, but we have another uh, viewer uh, sure. with a question. Tony, you, I think, Dave. is probably here to yell at me because we, we didn't get his commercial in at the break. But I will get you in next week, Tony. What, would, what, what's I your question? I never yell at you. Real, I, have a, <laughs> I have a statement for uh, Judge Moore, actually. I just, on a real uh, personal level, um, I wanted to, to say how disgusted I was with how you were treated back when you were running with all the slander that was out there and uh um, i wouldn't say that i i lost friends over it but uh i had friendships where i that were definitely put on ice because i just refused to um allow them to uh slander someone without being um confronted and they just thought it was politics and i, I thought it was immoral and i I wanted you to, to, I just want to take this opportunity. I never thought I'd have this opportunity, to tell you the truth. Just to say how sorry I am well, uh, for you. that. And uh, I hope that uh, you have been well since then and have been able to carry forward. But um, it was vile and disgusting, and a lot of us thought so. Well, thank you. And, and going through it, you know, when I was praying God's will be done, I, I learned a lot out of that. Uh, you know, when Jesus uh, on the Sermon on the Mount said, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And I learned that basically uh, in Peter, beloved, thinking not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice. Admittedly, it's hard to rejoice. Admittedly, it's hard to be uh grateful but when god puts you through something he does bless you even if it's a hardship because he's not going to lose and we win if we stand up for his acknowledgement we lose if we don't well Bye. something i said in uh in my radio commentary uh a week or two ago was you know what we're going through is not joyful but as christians as god's people we can count it all joy. It's not going to be fun, but we can count it all joy. Right. 
we've been we've been speaking with uh, Judge Roy Moore from uh, Alabama, and I'm afraid our time is up. But uh, you can find out more at uh, his website, which is morallaw.org, M-O-R-A-L-L-A-W.org. And um, I just want to wrap things up by saying, you know, a lot of people know Judge Roy as the Ten Commandments judge. He's not really. God Almighty is the Ten Commandments <laughs> judge. You're right. You're and right. if we just followed those ten, we wouldn't have... 10 million others that, that are forced upon us that we have to bear on our shoulders as burdens if we just follow God's 10. But we can't. As human beings, we can't. And that is why we need Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, next week, we will be back same time. Uh, Brandon House will be our guest from Worldview Weekend. And uh, we will see you then. God bless. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob.